0: Anonymous Podcast, an Elite Sports NY production recording on the evening of June 28th. It's a Monday, a little past 8 p.m. Uh, rolling with your host, Jeff Campbell, for the evening. Uh, once again, we are, are continuing our NBA draft coverage uh, as as the combine kind of gets in here and, and everyone is having their workouts. Um, we are going into some, some deep dive with some of the prospects, uh, very excited to discuss a uh, young man from Oregon, uh, Chris Duarte. To help me do that, I have one of the assistant coaches from Oregon, uh, Kevin McKenna. Kevin, what's going on? And thank you for coming on the podcast tonight.
1: Oh, my pleasure. All good out here. Just uh, looking forward to watching some more playoffs and so looking forward to see who who's lucky enough to draft Chris Duarte.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm super pumped to learn a lot about him and watching the tape. There's so many things that jump out. I think first place I just wanted to start, is just a very general question. Um, what is your favorite part about his game?
1: Um, I, I think my, my favorite part, just as a coach, um, is his work ethic. His day-to-day stuff is really good. He's really focused. He's really determined. Um, he's got a great attitude that uh, I think translates to the NBA. And, you know, I, I just think those qualities that he has, um, you know, is, is just going to carry him a long way. And I think he's going to be a heck of a pro for a long time.
0: Coach, his, uh, his journey to Oregon is very interesting to me. Um, I know he started out at, at Western Kentucky. I think there were some uh, ineligibility concerns there. We know he went the JUCO route. How has he grown as a person since being on campus at Oregon?
1: Well, I think when he first came to the States, his English wasn't very good, and he worked really hard on that. And I think that had more to do with him going to a junior college than anything. And uh, I'm glad it worked out there. He had a good coach at Juco with Steve DeMayo down there and uh, had a good two years there. And we were lucky enough to get him and plugged him right in. And, and uh, you know, like a lot of junior college players, his first month or so, he struggled a little bit and then uh, got into a flow. Got, you know, we had a really good point guard, Peyton Pritchard, oh, and yeah. um, really looked out for him and, and, uh, and took care of him and really helped him along. But, um, you know, the day to day stuff that Peyton did you know Chris saw that and jumped in and did the, basically the same thing um the last year and a half and and uh you know I think turned himself into a first round draft pick and uh just the work ethic that he did and, and uh, the journey that he had from you know not really being able to speak English really well to going to a junior college making it there um getting through here and did okay at, did did well academically um and hopefully he'll come back and finish up sometime
0: I'm happy that you bring up Peyton Pritchard because um I wanted to ask you know in terms of Chris uh, I'm sure I know they're different players they have different games but Peyton really made an immediate impact in the NBA especially when uh the Celtics were struggling a little bit at the point guard position Kemba Walker Peyton really came in and he did a lot of nice things for them do you see Chris as a as a player that can have an immediate impact right away or is it going to take yeah him i up? do
1: I, I think there's some similarities there um they're both older you know chris i think on the draft boards anyways he's one of the older older guys on there um, he, he's mature he's ready to go um i think you can you know i think a good team that's looking to maintain or get a little better is a good good spot for him to go to um and again a young team um Might might benefit from his maturity. I think you're going to be able to, you know, get some get some good play out of him right away, and not really have like a, you know, drafting an 18, 19 year old kid. Chris is 24 years old, and he's a man. He's he's got a son. He's he's, uh, um, you know, a mature kid for his age. Even though you know he still feels like he's trying to find his way in the United States, um, being from the Dominican. But he he's really a wonderful kid. And uh, kind of kid that if you're around him long enough, you really root for him.
0: Yeah. And, and you talk about the age, too. And that's definitely something I wanted to ask. Um, you know, and, and listen, you know, people in scouts, uh, sometimes you can get caught up in uh, perception of, of prospects that are a little bit older. A lot of the narrative might be, well, physically, they might be already capped. But that doesn't always tell the story. Sometimes you could have a prospect that is 23, 24, but they had a growth spurt later in life. Or they started playing basketball when they were 17 or 16. So their potential is actually uh, maybe greater. Uh, what do you see about Chris from that sense? Do you see it as, OK, listen, he's 23, 24. And like you said, the maturity is a big issue. But is there maybe another step he can take physically that that he hasn't reached yet?
1: I think he's he's you know the next three or four years he's still going to be a in his prime athletically um probably all the way till he's 30 actually so his next six years are pretty good i think and you know i think where it changes and i played in the nba myself for six years the the, the game is totally different and it's different now than when i played but it's different in and you know even talking with peyton last week peyton pritchard last week about it um just how hard it is how you know, tough physically and mentally it is every day, you know, especially in the, the season they had this past year, you know, playing 72 games in a shorter amount of time. Um, you know, it's, it's I think it's a little easier to be honest with you th- these days because, you know, they got their own planes. They're going at their own time. You know, we were back when I played, it was like, you know, you're, you're going first class, but you're going on the very earliest flight the next day. Um, You're, you know, a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of four games in five days. Um, You know, there's not much of that going on anymore. But, you know, I think, I think, like I said, they're going to be able to plug Chris in and 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 put him out there, and and uh, he's going to be a mature player for for whoever gets him. The thing, the other thing I will say about Chris, he plays both ends, and and he defends, and he, he really tries defensively. Um, The biggest challenge, like I said, for him is going to be though to make that transition from college to pro ball.
0: And, um, you know, that's an, another thing I really wanted to touch on is is the defense. And, you know, just watching the tape on him. So his size is decent for a guard, right? You know, I know a lot of scouts are going to really want to see these crazy wingspans um, for guys that maybe project better at the NBA level. But what you, when you watch him on tape, his instincts are really good. He jumps passes very well. He reads, um, you know, the eyes of the opposing point guard very well in order to create turnovers. And I guess the what the question I want to ask you is, where does that come from? Is that just his IQ? Is that something that the program really stresses? Is, is he a scouting report junkie that just really drives into, hey, listen, this guy telegraphs his passes? Like, where is that coming from?
1: I think it's good instincts. Uh, you know, Chris is an OK scouting report guy. We've had some we've had a couple of really good ones like Dylan Brooks with with Memphis. Phenomenal scouting report guy. And, and, and that's translating to the NBA. Chris was good. He would pay attention to it. He would read it. He would know guys. He would, you know, know which guys are doing what. Cause we switch a lot of stuff, just like the NBA does. We switch a lot of stuff. So tendencies and knowing those things really comes in handy. But Chris has good anticipation. Um, he's got a good burst from this from a standstill to to get in those passing lanes. Got a bunch of steals. Um, you know, and he's and he's he's aggressive and, and he's he is six six legit 66 um he's probably got a 68 69 wingspan um and he's fit i mean he he works hard in the weight room and and uh you know he's like i said a ready made pro that's 24 years old and hungry i mean that's the you know he reminds me and i'm a big baseball fan he reminds me of the dominican players that come up here and that are just really focused on making it you know making a making a a, a professional career so he can help his family back home and and, uh, you know, all the hard work that a lot of people did with him and for him back there. He wants to he wants to pay him back.
0: I you know, it's funny, too. I read in, in an interview that he actually started out playing baseball uh, growing, up, growing up in the Dominican Republic. And uh, he said that his fastball was actually clocked at around 90 miles per hour. Yeah. Do you think that there's anything at all baseball related that helps him on the basketball court, whether it's hand eye coordination or anything at all?
1: I think probably, if, if anything, it's the work ethic. You know, I'm sure when they when he they were grooming him to be a baseball player down there, you know, the hours and the time they put in um, is similar to what he was doing here. And uh, he he's told me about that 90 mile an hour fastball. I told him that I could still strike him out. He said you know, he <laughs> took him took him golf. We went golfing a couple times, and and uh, it, it was it was comical. He's he's really like I said, a great kid to be around and fun to be around and uh, you know he thinks he can beat me at just about any sport that there is and bowling golf everything he's just always wants to be competitive with it and and uh i'm I'm old and i said you should be beating me so uh but we have a good time with it and like i said very competitive and uh fun to be around and and you know just really i think that 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 thing back in in when he played baseball grooming him to be a baseball player that work ethic was instilled in him
0: Mm. I think, uh, you know, we we obviously have to talk about his shooting. Uh, Shooting is clearly a strength for Chris. He shot over 40% on threes, 40%, 47% on catch and shoot, uh, 44% on dribble pull-ups. Just watching him at practice and being around him, what is the most impressive part about his shot? Is it the repeatable motion? um, What happened?
1: You were freezing up on me there a little bit.
0: No, it's all right. So what I was going to say is, uh, just watching him in practice, what's the most impressive part of his shot? Whether it's the motion or maybe his movement without the ball before he gets the you know the chance to shoot.
1: I think he's he's uh, he's got really good form in his shot. He's he's got good shot preparation. He's he's ready to shoot it. I you know I, I I got mad at him or I got after him a little bit about passing up shots. You know he was pretty selective with his shooting. I wanted him to be a little bit more unselfish and sometimes. When he was open, he would put it on the floor when really he had a good catch and shoot opportunity. Um, But, you know, he's a really good catch and shoot guy. But he, I think he's also in the NBA, you know, you got to be able to get your own shot. And I think he can. He can go create his own shot, make a shot for himself. Uh, He's got some good athleticism to get to a spot and pop up and shoot it. He can get to the rim. Um, There's been some good, you know, he's shown that in some games too. But uh, uh, just his ability to shoot consistently. Um, I think is going to carry him a long way.
0: Just along that lines too, um, do you think it's important? Because again, you know, watching what you guys ran, Chris seemed very comfortable moving around in, in kind of a spread pick and roll offense, uh, especially without the ball. Do you think it's important that a team that drafts him already has implemented that, that type of offense? I know the NBA is, uh, you know, it's, it's copycat league and, and a lot of teams are running that. But do you think that's really important for his development?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be able to get threes off the off the dribble, off the screens. I think he's going to be spotting up in the corners. He's a good runner. He can get to the corners. He's athletic enough to do that. Uh, he can come off staggers. He can he can find some holes there. And and uh, really, it, again, it's you know Peyton made him look pretty good his first year, um, and then his second year we had you know Will Richardson, same thing. I think Will's. Uh, close to an NBA caliber guard as well. And in, in fact, I think he is an NBA caliber point guard. So he's had two good point guards to work with. I think that'll determine, again, uh, who he has playing with him uh, at the next level will will determine, you know, how good he really is. But yeah, he can go, he can he can get his spot up threes. He can come off screens. He's not a true point guard, but he's got good enough size to defend that position, that, that shooting guard position for sure.
0: Um, Coach, one of the things that also really stood out about Chris is his energy when he's on the court. He seems like a very positive person. Um, is that the case in the locker room as well as his energy? Is he the type of guy where you call him, his energy is infectious? Do you have maybe any stories or anecdotes from the seasons where, you know, maybe Chris rallied the guys to kind of, you know, come back or something like that?
1: Um, nothing really that I can think of in particular. Um, but I will say this, and, and L.J. Figueroa is another Dominican we had on our team. You know, uh, from from the East Coast and, and that, um, those two guys were really tight, really close, um, and you could tell they had a passion not only about basketball but just about life and their and their general day to day. And I think that that was something that the guys fed off of and really liked. And and uh, you know, everybody's always you know everybody's always messing with Chris. You know, Chris, Chris, I think. You know sometimes he would complain about stuff but i think it was just to see if he could get under somebody's skin half the time you know it wasn't like he was mad about something or you know one of those guys that just complains about it. he was just like trying to really mess with people right and uh so that was kind of a funny thing that i think that that everybody you know chris you only you only want to eat at one restaurant in town you know you're only going to chulas down the street and that's it you don't you won't eat anywhere else you know um, just stuff like that, you know, that, again, just all in good fun type stuff, a good teammate, guys really liked him, they rallied around him, and they listened to him. But in the locker room when we were getting beat or something, he would let people know, hey, we got to do this, we got to do that. Um, he was really, like I said, his passion for life in the game is is really, up, you know, at a high level.
0: Um, just a couple more, Coach, and, and then we'll get you out of here. Um sure. What was the biggest thing that Chris needed to work on in his game once he got to campus? How do you think he
1: addressed um, that? And you what know, I think was- just, just, just basically uh, the, the biggest thing, again, you were breaking up, sorry, but the, the biggest thing that he, um, that I think he need, needed to work on was again, getting stronger, uh, getting more uh, of a uh, feeling of, of doing the extra work. Um, we're, you know, the NCA only allows us so much time with them. So in the off season and in other times during the season, it's important that those guys put in some extra time on their own. You know, Chris got to be a good recovery guy. So we really emphasize that after practice, you know, doing doing the stretching, doing the cold tub, doing the yoga, doing the foam roll, Norma Tech, all those things we implement. Um, Chris got really good at that. And I think that helped him recover for the next day's work. Um, you know, basically, I think his biggest thing that he did in these two years was. He learned how to be a pro and act like a pro, and I think again that's that's what the formula was with Peyton Pritchard. That's what it was with Dylan Brooks, and you know seven of the other guys we've had that we have in the league right now. And Chris is going to be number eight.
0: And and what uh, if strength was the thing he really needed to improve when he got on campus? What do you think now is is the biggest thing? Where's the the next step he can take?
1: Um, just learning the league, learning the players, learning again uh, the tendencies of, of uh, what what guys can really do out there. You know, you see them on TV, but until they're in front of you, going by you and jumping up over you, and that uh, it's a big jump. You know, there's no slouches at the, at that level. Um, it, it's just going to be learning the league and and uh, getting around people that are going to embrace embrace him and and uh, teach him and show him and coach him and like i said he's very coachable he's very likable he's going to be a good teammate and uh you know i think he's going to be like i said a fine pro but um getting around the right people is going to really make him you know feel welcome and and feel ready to go
0: and what would be the last piece of advice that you would get chris give chris uh getting ready for for draft night
1: um don't spend too much money on your clothes. Just get a nice suit and and look like a pro. And don't try to go crazy with the with all the other stuff. You know, just go about your business and and uh, show those people and, and show that show the guys that you, you're ready to go. And I think he will. I, I think he's. I think he's. Uh, again, I'm gonna. I really miss him. In fact, one of the funniest things that he did. We're walking out of the gym late in the season. He put his arm around me. and goes, Coach, you're gonna cry when I leave, aren't you? And I said. I said, you're probably right, Chris. I'm going to cry when you're not around here. So I called him up about a month ago after he'd been gone for a while. I said, hey, Chris, how you doing? What's going on? He said, oh, nothing, coach. How you doing? I said, I'm in my office. I'm crying right now. <laughs> so we get a laugh. He calls. He, we FaceTime like a couple times a week. And he calls the other coaches. He's just one of those guys that you really pull forward. and And again. Um, somebody I just hope that some of the guys that I know draft him because I I can't wait to see their reaction to being around him because he is a really good person and a really good player and and again uh, would be a positive player for a lot of franchises out there
0: that's one of the things that I love about doing um, these podcasts and the interviews with any of the assistant coaches is just you get to see what what type of a family you guys are yeah And, and the amount of contact that you have with these kids who come in as as young guys, grow up to be men, and then they they go to the league, but the relationship still still stands. Um no, it,
1: it's, good. It, it's good. It's really cool to see, you know, our former players, you know, that we 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 got one of those TBT teams going this summer and all our guys are coming back. Even the guys that aren't playing on their team, the our NBA guys are coming back to see them, to play with them, to get some pickup games going and just be around uh our campus, which you know, they, they they just really have a good connection out here. And it, it is a real positive thing and a pretty cool thing for our players. Um,
0: well, listen, Coach, uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. I know you're an incredibly busy man. Uh, best of luck to Chris Duarte, uh, to the Oregon Ducks program. And just thank you so much uh, for for spending a few minutes with me tonight.
1: Sure, no problem. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too.